following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Day one, round one, NCAA tournament after the first half. Maybe a little lackluster. Oh boy, did it turn on in the night games. And then that right now, the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, three really good games going on right now. Welcome into the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Big Steve. No David G today. He is out. He is right now dealing with a Casey's Pizza hangover. Had a little too much pizza yesterday. That's what we're calling it, huh? And again, apologies for my voice. Still not, at least in my ears, it's not back to normal. <laughs> it sounds like it's like 95% I, I'm there. I'm still coughing a lot at night, and man, is it violent. I hate it so much. I can't wait for it to be done. As a matter of fact, the routine I've set myself with now, with the medicine I've been taking, Scotchy, Scotch, Scotch, we, Scotch. we've seen it the last couple of days. <laughs> Around five o'clock, a little after five o'clock, mm-hmm. in that first mm-hmm. segment, I start to st- I start mm-hmm. to cough again, and I can't stop. Right now, I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good. New drinking game. Every time Mitch coughs, take a shot. Oh, you, Scott. uh, boy, yeah, that's Get, alcohol poisoning. F- then five o'clock is happy hour. That's for Scotchy, sure. Scotch, Scotch, Scotch. Scotch. <laughs> Might I'm glad help, Troy might, thought the only, he was the only one that thought that was funny. Might, might, might. I don't know. I thought I yeah, laughed. Yeah. I just had my mic off. Yeah, you know, might might help at night though to go to Grandma's old uh, cough medicine. I thought it was Grandpa's. That was the old thing. Grandpa's cough medicine. Well, either way, my grandparents did not drink. I don't think I ever saw my grandparents drink once ever. <laughs> so I had I had to go to the cough medicine. My grandfather had a stroke, and two days in the hospital. And he's asking for a beer. Attaboy. (laughs) The only thing that can make me feel better is this beer right here. Bless my grandfather. Miss him greatly. Coming up on the show, we do have men's basketball coaching search day number nine. I'm saving that for the main event because uh, uh, Derek Young from K-State Online put a post up earlier today at kstateonline.com. And it got things maybe a little bit heated with those that Uh subscribe to K-State Online. I'm like, guys, lighten up. Things go one nah. way or the other. If it goes one way or the other, people it should be fine. You should be happy. But people feel, in a way, entitled to hoping Brad is going to become the coach, Brad Underwood. And, well, things have been laid out a little bit. We have a clear picture of what's been going on lately. But, um, I don't know, it just seems like the ball is in Brad's court. We'll get to more on that in the second hour. We do have Mitch Palm coming up. We have Mitch Palm for tomorrow's game K-State women's basketball taking on Washington State Wazoo in the first round of the women's NCAA tournament. That is tomorrow from Raleigh, North Carolina. But uh, Big Steve, you didn't know we were doing this, so get ready to push a button over there. It's the breaking news button. I just want to say right now, just want to get out of the way, this does not have to do with men's basketball, K-State, and who the next head coach is. But go ahead. Breaking news. Juju Smith-Schuster is signing a one-year, ten and three-quarter million-dollar deal 
with the Kansas City Chiefs, according to the NFL Network's Ian Rapoport and Taylor Biscotti. He nearly joined the team a season ago, tweeted it out himself not too very long after it was reported by the NFL Network guys. Just 15 catches for 129 in five games last year, but dealt with injuries throughout. He did catch five passes for 26 yards in the wild card loss to the Chiefs, but now you'll start to see that restructure of Mahomes' contract taking place to make room for a one-year, ten-and-three-quarter million-dollar deal for Juju Smith-Schuster. So that comes a day after the Chiefs signed Justin Reed to a three-year deal worth thirty-one and a half million for that safety spot to replace Tyron Matthew. Which Honey Badger, go it, by. It's kind of funny. Tyron Matthew and, and Justin Reed—they've been doing this like revolving door thing. Yes, it started at Houston. And then it transitioned to Kansas City, except, as a matter of fact, both cases, Justin Reed Mm -hmm. replacing Tyron Matthew Mm -hmm. after he exits both areas, (laughs) even though they uh, they did play one year together. Um, You know, I don't have a ton of reaction to it. I think the biggest reaction is the one-year contract, and I don't don't blame Kansas City for that one-year contract. He is going to be, of course, in the number two spot for the Chiefs at wide receiver. They needed a number two. They didn't really have one last year. Mm Mm-hmm. After Sammy Watkins departed uh, two seasons ago, now he will he'll probably be that guy. I would imagine he would be that guy. The other aspect of that is again, he only appeared in five games last year, injured through much of the season. It's tough to give a guy a veteran that has as many miles as he has on his body. Uh, a, a deal beyond even two years. So really a one year is not a surprise to me because of the fact that it allows for him to potentially play it out to another one or two years. That, that's what I was kind of getting at there with the, uh, I don't blame Kansas City for no, doing just the one year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he is coming off that injury, which he did have surgery on. It was a shoulder surgery. Happened five games into the year. He misses the entire rest of the regular season. He does come back for the wild card game against Kansas City, he caught five passes, but he had a very slow day, like 25 yeah. yards. It wasn't anything major at no, all. 26, it was very pedestrian, but then again, most of the Steelers' offense that day was very pedestrian. So right now, and, and hey, let's give a shout out to Byron Pringle. Byron, he signs himself a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. He'll make a handful of change out there in Chicago in the Windy City. So congratulations for Byron to start making more money, which it, this is going to be his opportunity now. Like This is a big opportunity for Byron Pringle, who is not going to be at the status he was with Kansas City. He's going to probably step up a notch mm-hmm. and get more opportunities to catch the football and prove that even though he is a little bit up there in age now when it comes to wide receivers in the NFL, that by the time the next season rolls around, another contract might be coming through, he can earn more cash. You, of course, have the former director of college scouting now as the general manager in Chicago, uh, the chief's director of college scouting now as the GM in Chicago. That plays a role. And how would you like to be the guy that gets an opportunity to catch some passes, maybe be a safety valve for Justin Fields going forward? That's That's where Pringle is now. But right now, where it stands with the Chiefs and their wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, McCole Hardman, Wolf. and uh, also uh, Josh Gordon. This this Wolf, by the way, is coming from a uh, Denver Wolf. Broncos fan. What a what a division 
the AFC West is going to be next year. Someone joked that they needed to break apart and create their own TV network because of the way that these games are going to play I mean, out next year. I mean, Russell Wilson did have a bad year last year, but it's not like he didn't have great wide receivers to throw to. It was just no, a I really agree. bad year for Russell Wilson. No, I, did I say Westbrook again, by the way? No, did you I say did not. Westbrook? No, no, you did not mention Westbrook at all. You I, saw you saw the video, by the way, of that, didn't you? Oh, when he airballed? No, when he uh, got in someone's face for calling him Westbrook. Oh, no, I did got, not. Got in a fan's face trying to pick a fight. Um, no, you, you nailed it. But Denver's improved by the fact that you have Russell Wilson at quarterback now. Uh, that is a tremendous improvement and looks to now get guys involved that were, unfortunately for Denver, as I say as a fan, uh, not much of a threat in their offense. I mean, Jerry Judy, in two seasons has been exceptionally limited by what the Broncos have had at quarterback in trying to get him the ball. This will be a change, and they've got a solid receiving core with that in place. Now you've got the quarterback that can throw the ball to him. Carr getting to throw to Devontae Adams? Wow, that's an eye-popper. And the Raiders turn around and also do some work defensively to help themselves out. Uh, The Chargers aren't as much involved in the free agency market as the other teams have been. But Justin Herbert really acquitted himself well this past season at quarterback, and I like what they've got going. It's going to be a very, very tough division next year. So Byron Pringle, and I believe it's actually a two-year deal. I'm sorry, did I say one year? I believe it's a two-year deal. Uh, The original report was a one-year. Okay, was it? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe it's a typo here. Well, the last article I saw was Yahoo Sports. They said two-year deal worth $6 million. But it was DJ Reed who signed a really good deal, even though it's with the Jets. But DJ Reed signing a three-year, $33 million contract with the New York Jets. Congratulations to DJ Reed getting paid. He's back with the defensive coordinator that he started with in 2018, Robert Saleh. There's somebody else is going to bring up, but I forgot. Oh, Tyler Lockett. We're still waiting to see yeah. if old T Lock yeah. is going to get t- traded somewhere because. Th- and by the way, this comes after, and I mentioned just mentioned DJ uh, uh, DJ Reed with the Jets, who he signs with the Jets after he felt like the Seahawks gave him a very disrespectful offer. Now the question becomes: Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland this afternoon for a wealth of draft picks. Mayfield wants out. Does he land in Seattle? And is that enough for them to keep Lockett around? That's question mark right there. Because now the question becomes, where does Mayfield land in the midst of this revolving door at quarterback? I mean, if, you, if you're okay with being at the most a wild card team... Yeah, sure. But I think also Cleveland, I mean, they traded kind of the same caliber of quarterback. Like Deshaun Watson, he's good. I mean, divisional route of the playoffs, that's basically where you're going to peak with Deshaun Watson, wild card. I mean, the, the, the Browns are basically trading wild card for wild card quarterback. Well, but it's the Browns, so what do you expect? 
I mean, they've had a taste over the last few years of uh, it's still the, of the playoffs. I, you know, you would hope to want get a little bit more, try a little bit more. You know, you're knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah. Why don't Bush. you just bust down Bush. the door now? Nope, not the brownies. <laughs> Real quick, we do have a couple of minutes here. I did want to get a, a little bit of a, a little bit caught up here on the NCAA tournament. Um, I did want to mention just real quick how good the Big 12 has looked so far. I know there's been a couple of ones, beat some 16s. Yeah, I get it. Uh, But, man, did just Texas Tech just blow the doors off of Montana State. I mean, I am so happy. Like, when I'm filling out my bracket, I'm so happy I felt that Texas Tech had the best shot of anybody making a run. Now, I will say Kansas has probably the easiest route to get to New Orleans. And KU fans having a shot to go to the Big Easy and go party for a few days. Not the biggest fan of saying that, but Texas Tech does not have the easiest route. Mm-mm. But they do have a great team. And I I, I said it earlier. I, I, I probably said it oh, a month ago. I was like, you know, Texas Tech does an amazing job when they play in front of their own people. They don't do so well when they play in a true road environment. Mm-hmm. Big 12 tournament game, It, from what I saw on TV and what I could hear, it felt like a true road environment. Mm-hmm. But now they're back to playing in front of some of the, at least a big group of their own people. And uh, boy, did they show up and beat Montana State and they shot like 66%. Everybody was hitting threes. They shot very well for the game and nearly scored 100 points and almost ended the game on a... 360 dunk that got called for traveling, but it was a great play. Montana State winds up now being mocked by their uh, in-state rivals for never showing up for big games. Yeah, as I was say, you probably know yeah, Montana Mon- State a little bit. I, I do, and Montana fans are enjoying themselves today. I mean, give credit to Montana State. You know, they you know, they, they won the Big Sky, they won the tournament. Mm-hmm. They, they lost eight games this year, but you know, it's, now, it's the Big Sky. I mean, well, come yeah, on, I'm not. Know? I'm not arguing with you about that at all. And played anybody um, all year long? Well, they did not. Well, I wouldn't say they don't play anybody because they do play pretty good in the pretty good competition in the uh, in the non-con. But uh, I will say this for Montana State: they dominated the championship night. They won by 21 over my Bears that evening, and. Uh, were really the top team throughout that conference run this year. It, uh, it was a nice turnaround for a program that has been mired in mediocrity for a while. That said, that was embarrassing if you're a big Sky fan this afternoon. And I did note that one of the Montana writers made mention of the fact that the big Sky has not had anybody get past uh, the first round really since now you're talking about the early 2000s when Montana slipped past Nevada in a game. It's It's been a drought three times since 1985 has the Big Sky gotten a winner in the field of 64. Now after Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech completely just dominate and take care of business in the first round, things may change now. Right now Texas and Vod Tech are tied at 27 minutes to go in the first half. Uh, go Hokies on that one. And matter of fact, VT just took the lead. And then you have Iowa State. They play later on today. As a matter of fact, they're getting well, getting close. 620 is that tip-off. You're showing me Coach K here. Oh, sorry. They went to the ad? Okay. Uh, no, U- this, he's U- entering the building. Yeah, USC is battled back from 10 down at halftime and very sloppy handling of the basketball in the first half to close it to a one-point ball game against Miami at 59-58. 
2.07 to play. Shout out to TC who has to play the last game of the uh, first round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they tip off at 8.57 in, in uh, where are they playing? San Diego against Seton Hall. Yeah. Who uh, who stayed up for that Kansas game last night anyway? I don't get that. Like, why have that at 8? After OT, right? It was 9-something. Uh, because they were trying to give Texas Southern as much time as possible, given that they had been in Dayton. I mean. It's dumb. They don't show everybody that kind of mercy. No, it's dumb. I agree. It, it, it was a dumb tip-off time. All right. Let's take a break. Hey, still to come, by the way, we're only on until 5.30. That's when K-State baseball pregame starts from Toynton Family Stadium. Uh, but uh, to uh, in the hour number two, we will have... Oh, gee, Andy Enfield's still a whiny little. Day number nine of the men's basketball coaching search at K-State. But when we come back, it's time for Mitch Palm. Well, it's just about Mitch Palm time. Welcome back to the game. Mitch, Troy, and Big Steve. Now, I I had originally picked the winner of Notre Dame, Rutgers, to go to the round of 32 and beat Alabama in the round of 64. I, I changed it because Notre Dame and Rutgers went to overtime. overtime. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, tired legs. They play like less than two days later. Like, come on. Like, and Alabama's a good team. Like, Crimson Tide should win that game, right? Yeah. Well, now, like, <laughs> Notre Dame, of course, is up at the break, and they're, they've scored 41 points to Alabama's 36 in 20 minutes. Like, uh, yeah, of course. Of course, another first four team is going to make a run. Right. Go to the Sweet 16 or something like that. It's I mean, going to be could touchdown be, Jesus. Could be worse. You could have picked Kentucky to get into your final four. And then the Elite Eight, which, by the way, about to go to the half is Texas and Virginia Tech. They're tied at 31 with one more free throw coming from Virginia Tech. What do you say, Big Steve? Let's give the people what they want. You've heard of Ken Palm. Well, that guy. Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. It's technically tomorrow, but hours-wise, it's in like 18 hours. As a matter of fact... It is like almost exactly mm-hmm. 18 hours away from tip-off because they play at 10.30 in the morning. And for the first time ever, Mitch Palm is predicting a K-State women's basketball game because they're the one out of the two K-State teams that are in the big dance. The NCAA tournament, March Madness, it's K-State and Wazoo, Washington State from Raleigh, North Carolina, which K-State has already played there earlier this year, taking on uh, NC State, which was a top five. It still is a top five team, I believe, or their number one seed. They are, of course, they are number one no, seed because they're going to play C. Longwood at home. Finish the poll at number three. AP poll had them at number three. But, uh, of course, South Carolina number one in women's basketball, but the winner of K-State, Washington State, will play the winner of NC State and Longwood. All right, so K-State women's basketball, 19-12. and 12, They finished 9-9 in the Big 12, but unfortunately they've lost for their last five. But they're making their 17th trip to the NCAA tournament and fourth under Jeff Mitty. The Wildcats own a record of 13-16 and 16 in the previous 16 appearances in the tourney. They've advanced to the next round 11 times. Washington State is 19-10, 11-6 in the Pac-12. This is just their third NCAA tournament all time. Yeah, the Cougars have very little heritage 
in women's basketball. Well, to give you an example, this year, like I mentioned, Wazoo has won 19 games. If they mm-hmm. win one more, that'll tie their all-time record for most wins in a single season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sad. 20 wins in a season, that's your best ever. To me, that's, that is a bit sad. Up there in Pullman, they just never had great women's college basketball. I've never emphasized it at all. However, give credit to Cami Etheridge and her squad. They have won five of the last seven coming into this tournament, and she is taking them to an NCAA tournament for two straight years. Plus, also won the Coach of the Year this year in the Pac-12, did Cami. Yeah, voted on by the media. Mm-hmm. Voted on by the media. Cami Etheridge, that's where we're going to start with Mitch Palm here because that is a name I'm sure a lot of K-State fans will remember because she was here at K-State for 18 seasons under Deb Patterson as an assistant coach, where they went to nine NCAA tournaments. Four WNITs won the WNIT in 2006. A couple of Big 12 championships. Etheridge, as a head coach, which, of course, Troy can attest to, because mm-hmm. between Wazoo and K-State, where was Cammy Etheridge? Northern Colorado. That's right, four seasons at Northern Colorado. And her... Career mark, 134 victories, 105 losses. Now, we don't stop with Kemi Etheridge, because also on her staff is Deb Patterson, who was the head coach of K-State for 18 seasons. She joins Washington State. She's now been there three years. Mm -hmm. She wasn't there for the first year. Correct. But she also went to uh, Northern Colorado with Kemi when she got the head coaching opportunity. But she is the Director of Player Personnel and Program Analytics. I think that's good enough to put you on the bench. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure if she does sit on the bench or not, but I'm pretty sure she would in that kind of role. So uh, I would imagine, of course, she'll be in in person as well when uh, she uh, sees her former team in person. Mm -hmm. Gets interesting, right? Uh, I, I wanted to add this as well. So if you don't mind, Big Steve, just, just pod that down for just a moment. Cami Etheridge was asked the question earlier this week during her coach's show, what is it like to play an NCAA tournament game against the team you spent 18 years with? I just hate the NCAA wants storylines that are like this and that take that are a distraction in any possible way. And And thankfully, it's really not – and it won't be in, in my mind. We don't know anything about them. We're not going to be in Manhattan, which is a good thing. We're going to be in North Carolina, and we're going to be at Raleigh. And it's going to be just a, a really good team out of the Big 12 playing a really good team out of the pack. And uh, I don't want anything taken away from what this team has accomplished. It just happens to be K-State, and there is definitely water under the bridge for you know my staff and, and people that played there. But... You know, that's what makes us. That's what life is. You 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 take what you get, you it makes you it should make you better. Successes and failures should just move you forward and that's what has happened. It certainly got me into a head coaching position. So I'm I'm thrilled to be here and 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 obviously representing Washington State with these players that I've got. So without going into too much detail, it wasn't the best breakup. No. When Deb Patterson was was fired as the head coach of K State by John Curry after the 2014 season, it, it, it wasn't the best of breakups. Let's be honest, though. 
if that wasn't the best of breakups, how about the reunion? Because Kirk Schultz is the president at Washington State, so he had a hand in Cammie's hiring when she won a conference title in the big sky. That's true. That is true. Also, I would just imagine like if there was a grudge held, yeah, there would be some animosity, but of course everything's different. You know, Jeff Mitty did become the next head coach of K-State after Deb Patterson, but you can't fault him for that. No. And there's when it comes to the administration, nobody's really here left. I mean, there are some of course when it comes to sports at K-State and the athletic department, there still are some of the same Correct. Employees, but again, like there shouldn't really be any animosity. Like she said, wonder under the bridge. I, I'm, I, I think she did come back for when Lori Kane was mm-hmm. put into the Kansas mm-hmm. uh, Kansas State Sports Hall of Fame, which, by the way, uh, Lori Kane is an assistant coach at Washington State, the best three point shooter in K State women's basketball history. Used to have the record in the Big 12 for most three-pointers until Taylor Robertson at Oklahoma, who's from McPherson, now holds the record. Lori began her assistant coaching career at Northern Colorado. That uh, second year there was the year that they won the conference title, and she had a big hand in that in helping coach, really by far and away the best player uh, on that roster, lady by the name of Savannah Smith, who we joked became their version of Steph Curry. Famous alumni. Got to get into this, right? It's not Mitch Pond without famous alumni. How about this for Wazoo? Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> for those that don't know, he played Ivan Drago in oh Rocky IV, the Soviet oh Union boxer that if killed he, Apollo Creed. If he dies, he dies. But Rocky Balboa got it done over there in Russia. So here's to Jeff Mitty being Rocky Balboa. Can you imagine trying to get into Russia today to have that fight? I feel like I actually just called... Did I just call Wazoo Russia? I think you just did, yeah. I mean, they're not too far from Moscow. I, I mean, you know... They're not Alaska. They're, they're, not, they're Alaska. not too far from Moscow. Idaho, seven miles. I, I suppose they both red. Yes, they... Associated, that, yeah. right? Cold. <laughs> Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Uh, Chris Novoselic, who is the founding member, one of the founding members, mm-hmm. and the basis for Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Went to Washington State, and then finally, Keith Jackson. Oh, let me tell you about. ABC, sports commentator, sports commentator. Oh, Nelly. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know Keith Jackson? Had the famous line that you hear at K-State games after the Nebraska game in 98. Happiest place on earth. Yep. Manhattan, Kansas. All right, more into the team here. Washington State, I mean, they have struggled to score the basketball this year. Offensively, they're not solid. They average just 61 points a game. That's 241st in the nation, and that's 11th out of 12 in the Pac-12. They shoot just 38% from the field. K-State shoots 42%, and they're 31% – I'm sorry, 71% from the free throw line. But they're a little scrappy defensively, fifth best in the Pac-12, allowing 60 points a game. They force 15 turnovers a game. They have the sixth best defensive efficiency in the Pac-12. I mean, And that's a conference, of course, that has 
some big-time heavy hitters. Arizona, uh, Stanford, of mm-hmm. course, who is one of the best of the best. They, they are one of the best of the best when it comes to Blue Bloods in women's basketball. Oregon, of course. Now, they are led by a couple of players here, including, uh, by the way, Wazoo does have sisters on the team like K-State, but they're not twins. The Glenn twins are at K-State, but for Wazoo, the Ledger Walker sisters. You're familiar with one of them. One of them used to play mm-hmm. in Northern Colorado. Was uh, was a point guard on that uh, Big Sky Championship team and is now a senior. That's Crystal and is a solid performer. If if uh, not flashy, but you're talking about in both cases of the Ledger Walker sisters, they've been part of varied national teams in New Zealand. But uh, the sister is Charlize, mm-hmm. and she plays the three. Yes. And uh, she averages 16 points a game. But not a great shooter. 28% from, uh, from three-point range. She's a mid-range to close-range type of shooter. Now, who is... Who is Aoka Lee going to have to battle with? Bella Merc... Uh, some other. Bella. <laughs> Bella is her first name. You're going you to want to take on, another swing at that? He, he's no. he's going to rely on Smolder to have the pronunciation down pat There tomorrow. you go. Yeah, exactly on the nose there. Well, I should have looked it up, but it's last name is M-U-R-E-K-A-T-E-T-E. Marketet? <laughs> anyway. Uh, she's second on the team in scoring. Ten and a half points a game. She leads the team on the glass, seven rebounds a game, and also two blocks a game. Here's the deal. Let's really break this down here. Mitch Palm's gone too long, so let's, let's really wrap it up here. Wazoo does not have a strong bench. K-State does have a slight advantage in the bench area. So here is the real difference in this one. K-State plays their best basketball when they have a height advantage. They've really been able to do a good job with controlling teams where they're taller and... It's easier to lob it in Aoka Lee when the competition downstairs is a bit smaller. Wazoo starting five. 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", 6'1", 6'3". So this Bella Gal is 6'3", Yoki 6'6". Starting five for K-State, 6'6", 6'1", 6'1", and 6'6". Very good. And let's not forget, this game tips off at 10.30 in the morning Central Time. That is 8.30 in Pullman, Washington. They're not going to be awake to play this game. They're not. No. And they're going to be jet-lagged. Are you going to try to tell them, hey, you got to play this early game. Try to go to bed at like 9 or 10 o'clock. Well, to them, that's like 7 or 8 o'clock right. in the evening. It just ain't going to happen. It's going to be a real quick morning for the Washington State Cougars. Mitch Palm has K-State at a 62% chance of winning this round of 64 game. Final score 68-61. Tip-off at 10.30. That'll be televised on ESPN2. K-Man coverage begins at 10 a.m. Brian Smoller, Kristen Waller on the call. Number one song of the day is up next. those have been listening to K-Man for a long time, this song is more than just some bed music that gets played on the morning show. Okay. Or at least used to. 
don't know, maybe you've still been playing it. I haven't touched it. But from 1986, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. One week at number one. Peter Gabriel, singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, and human rights activist from Chobham, England. Rose to fame as the original lead singer of Genesis, of course. And then launched his solo career in 1975. Time Magazine, because of his activist work, named him one of the most uh, 100 most influential people in the world in 2008. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Genesis in 2010 and then went in solo in 2014. I'm not too impressed by his solo work. Okay. Like, I, here's the deal. Like, he just doesn't touch the other guy, if you know what I mean. Phil Collins? Yeah, just doesn't touch Philly C. Not in terms of pop hits, no. But was he the better Genesis singer? No, because he got into exceptionally artsy angles with Genesis. That was part of what brought on the split, was that Gabriel wanted to go a different direction and be more of an art band than one that was essentially a general rock band. Well, for Peter Gabriel, nine studio albums. He had just five top 40 hits. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was his only number one. It's from his fifth fifth studio album called So. S-O. So. So. And by far and away, his most popular one. What else was on it? Do you know? Um, Off the top of your head? Uh, from Say Anything, uh, In Your Eyes is on that one. You also, uh, boy, I'd have to look up. Um, Don't Give Up is a very good track that has Kate Bush on it, but I don't think that it's off this album. Well, uh, Troy, would you like to do the honors uh, by telling the world what this song is about? (laughs) No, I can. uh, I'm not even going to try to relate even what the video is like. Well, I actually, I, so I watched the music video for the first time today. Highly innovative, at and the it time. really wasn't about what the song is about. No. In my, it, it was no. just a bunch of stuff forming or rotating, like a bunch of foreign objects or wood, or like, you know, something was being built around him while he was just sitting there singing. And yeah, it was just a highly innovative video at yeah. the time. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought it was a little boring. We'll get to more on the video here in just a little bit because there's a a little nugget about it that you might be surprised about. Guys, this song is about sex. (gasps) No. And the the sledgehammer is the male tool. Or you could just say tool. And there's plenty of other innuendo in the song of, of talking about it, calling it a train. Uh, bumper cars. Yeah. Uh, Big Dipper was thrown in there as well. <laughs> Euphemism yeah. filled. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, so Peter Gabriel said that this was influenced by the 60s soul music he used to listen to, and he specifically mentioned Otis Redding. Good call. He's brought up again the nice. third time this week, Otis Redding. You asked about so. Sledgehammer, in your eyes, don't give up. Big Time and Red Rain. Yeah, all those songs suck. Wow. All of them. Wow. Okay, then. Try to tell me that those songs can live up to Sledgehammer or getting work. If they. There weren't any songs that got anywhere close other than Sledgehammer number one. True. So. You're, you're uh, looking at it from the, from the pop angle. <laughs> so, according, not exactly according to MTV, but others that kept tally of the music videos that were played on MTV, they say that Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel was the most played music video on MTV of all time. Now, when it comes to MTV listing the 100 greatest music videos, which that list came out in 1999, which, let's be honest, I mean, are there really many music videos after 99 that was probably better than pre-2000? No. Uh, given that the at the time you're talking about the heavy director and producing aspect of it. But the fourth best music video was The Sledgehammer. Number three, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number two, Vogue. And number one, Thriller. And this song's music video won a, a record nine MTV Video Music Awards. So I, a lot of people thought it was amazing back then. I watched it as a 31-year-old in 2012 or 2022, and uh, I don't know. It's all right. You have to it remember, right. 1986, it was highly... The, the production value of right. it I mean, was, was exceptionally innovative. I get it. You know, aha, take on me. Mm-hmm. That was innovative mm-hmm. on its own. The way they did things. That was a cool music video. By the way, was one of the albums nominated for the Grammy nom- uh, Album of the Year? Oh, for... Uh, I, I don't know. Overall, this was nominated for the Grammy for our album of the year that year. Was it? It lost to uh, Paul Simon's Graceland. Well, how, well, boy. On that note, let's see. <laughs> how much time have we got here? Uh, yeah, it's going to probably do it for the hour. So, I, I did want to mention this before we take a break. And I found this on Twitter yesterday as uh, thank you for number one song of the day, Mitch, as we now transition. Um, Aoka Lee was actually asked us about this earlier today is at the press conference with the media about the NCAA tournament, but she got uh, a very awesome NIL deal, name, image, and likeness deal mm-hmm. with Wingstop. Now, to me, getting that Wingstop deal, that's pretty big. There is, of course, a location here in Manhattan. It's on Morrow and Aggieville. And, uh, like, I don't know if it's, like, the national chain, like, said, hey, we want to get you in on this deal, if it was just, like, a local thing. But it was the Wingstop Twitter account that nice. did tweet out Aoka Lee and her with a bunch of wings next to her and probably her house. I was, like, and she answered the question, like, what's it like, you know, being endorsed or whatever by uh, 
getting the sponsorship or getting money basically from uh, Wingstop. She's like, you know, I just hope it opens the doors for more women's basketball players mm-hmm. to get. And I, I was like, great answer. I would have been like, I get to eat all the wings I want, and I'm gonna try all the sauces. Um, I get all the free wings forever, and it'd be a lot more immature coming from me. Short hour to the game next.